How often does your child come home from school or come from an activity and you're anxious to hear all about it and you say, how was it? And they say, fine. <laughs> or they say, I don't know. Or what's worse is the nonverbal communication of a shrug. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace, where we help parents grow their kids with kindness and connection. And speaking of connection, this morning we have a podcast on communication. I am going to be solo on this podcast, and we are going to talk about communication that connects with your kids. So let's talk about communication. There are all kinds of communication. We use communication to give information. We use communication to teach. We use communication if we want to alert our kids from danger. We might like yell, don't go on the street. Or we may use communication to express emotions. Crying is a form of communication. Smiling is a form of communication. There are verbal communications and there's nonverbal communications. We can say one thing and our nonverbal communication says something totally different. So this is a very interesting topic. We are going to focus today on communication that connects with your kids communication for connection. We might refer to some of the other forms of communication, but today is all about communication for connection. So why is good communication and why is connection important as a parent? We have been given instructions loosely on how to raise our kids, and then we have been given a lot of space where we can grow them to where they're mature spiritually, where they're mature in their behaviors, and they're mature emotionally. So it's our job to do that. Well, how do we do that? We do it through connection. What does connection do? Connection builds love, connection builds trust, and connection builds relationship. And all those things are really important for our kids to want to model and want to trust what we say and do what we do. So that's why we're talking about communication today. Very important. How often does your child come home from school or come from an activity and you're anxious to hear all about it and you say, how was it? And they say, fine. <laughs> or they say, I don't know. Or what's worse is the nonverbal communication of a shrug. So, so we want to do things a little bit differently to really open the communication, open the open the loops where they can actually talk and we can actually hear a little bit more from them. So I've got a few tools, ideas for you on how you can grow your kids in, in being able to communicate with you easily because sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's something you have to learn how to communicate and we have to learn how to communicate. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope that you will enjoy this. I've got several, oh, actually about 15 <laughs> ideas of ways that you can improve your communication. So let's just begin. 
Okay. First of all, when is the best time to have a chat, to really be able to communicate and and get to a point where we're really having connection with one another? So I think the typical time for this is what parents will often do is the kids will, as soon as they get home from school, the, the parents been dying to know how the day went, what happened. And so we ask the question, well, they're tired. They don't necessarily want to chat. They need a little unwinding time. And for some reason, uh, we forget that. That's just like a husband who comes home and and he just needs a little chance to unwind before we can really strike, strike up a conversation. Well, it's, it's the same with kids, just the same. So when is the best time? Well, there are, there are times that are better than others and you can figure out your times, but I used to find the time in the car to be a really good time. And maybe not in the car on the way home from school, they might be chatty and you might be hearing all about things and that's because they feel chatty that day. And then that's wonderful. Take advantage of it. But if something went bad that day or something, they just need a little space. So I would say not immediately after school. I would give them just a little bit of space to unwind, maybe have something to eat and and um, just have a little bit of distraction. And then they'll come around. You know, when I found <laughs> was the hardest time for me was bedtime. They wanted to talk. It was bedtime. I was tired. I wanted them in bed. I wanted them to... Uh, go to bed so I could go relax. But that is when they wanted to talk. Probably their intention was to prolong bedtime. <laughs> so a, an answer for that would be get them to bed 15 minutes earlier and incorporate that chat time in the bedtime routine. Whether if you do prayers, if you do reading a book or reading a story and, and incorporate chat time with it. And you will find you'll be much more effective because they're thinking, they're relaxed. They're thinking, ah, postpone bedtime. I will just start talking. And it's really a good time to actually connect. So don't miss that opportunity. Don't just say, oh, it's not the time. Go to bed and go, you know, off to do your own thing. Take advantage of that opportunity. You know, the very, very best thing, and I didn't do enough of it, but, and I wish I had, but the very best thing is to, plan ahead and take them on a date. You could kind of word it that way or just just take them somewhere special, not, not Disneyland. <laughs> I'm talking about just go out for an ice cream cone or go out for frozen yogurt. That's what we used to like to do. Or go for uh, even for just a McDonald's dinner or something. And, and the especially important part of this is that you take one that, that it's a one-on-one -on -one experience, that that child feels like you are giving all of your attention. And if you can make that child feel like they're the only one in the world at that time, that will improve connection so, so much. They will just love to want to be with you. And, and that date night, they'll look forward to it, plan it ahead of time so they can say, oh, you know, uh, Friday night is coming and I'm going to go out on one-on-one -on -one with my mom or my dad. And that is just a really, really good time. And there are other times throughout the day. Uh, dinner time is always a really good time, but usually there's that's not one-on-one, -on -one, but that's a good family time. So sometimes we have family time and sometimes we have one-on-one -on -one time and they're both important. They both accomplish different things. The family time sort of shares one another and bonds the family and communicates and everybody should have a chance to share at family time. 
but the one-on-one communication seals your relationship with them. And so that's really important too. So you need both. You need the dinner time where everybody's there and everybody's communicating and talking and taking turns. And maybe another time I'll give some tips on um, things that you can bring up at, at dinner time for everybody to share. And that's really fun too. But tonight we're talking about connection, connection with one certain child. And I mean, I don't think this needs saying, but make sure to give equal time to each of your kids. Of course, the baby who is not yet talking, um, I mean, they need time with you, but it may not be a date night. But but you need to give time to each of them. And when you give them time, make sure they think at that moment, you're the most important thing in their life. And you actually should. Um, feel that way that right now they're the most important thing in your life. You know, obviously you have a lot of things going and a lot of kids, but, but part of the goal is that single time, that date time is to make them feel like they are the most important thing uh, in your life at that moment. Okay. I opened a little bit about nonverbal communication and that is just as important as verbal communication. In fact, maybe even more. If you tell a child how much you love them and then you scowl at them and you are quick with them and you're sharp and and they're not going to believe that. They aren't going to believe. They're going to believe the body language and how you behave more than they believe the words. That goes across the board with everybody. Your words need to match your body communication. So what are some of the body communications? You might know these, but uh, let me, I'm just going to share a few of them. Eye contact, that is critical. Look them in the eye and be very intentional when you talk to them. When you are on your phone or reading a book or something and you just kind of pass off comments here or there, you don't look them in the eye, that gives a message, I am not very important. I am not important to my mom or she would put her phone down and she would look at me. So even when you're sitting next to the bed, don't be looking around the room and stuff. I mean, not that you never can, but when you talk to them, look them eye to eye, get on their level, get down, uh, If either sit on the bed or get on your knees. So your faces are on the same level. You're not above them. You're not below them. You're directly in front of them. That gives a message that you are important to me at this point in time. And I'm, you know, if I'm standing talking to you and the child is little and I'm tall, that gives them the message. You are big, you are powerful, you have no time for me. But if you, at this communication time, if you get on their level, that that gives them the message, you want to connect. You want us to be equal at the moment and connect. And that's really, really helpful for nonverbal communication. I probably don't have to say your facial features, a smile. Oh, a smile goes such a long way. Smiles are so important. That smile will tell them, I love you, or I approve of you, or whatever, whatever that gracious feeling, I have grace towards you. I have mercy. The smile will communicate that. So be sure to use a lot of smile. And this is sort of verbal, but when they say something funny, laugh, enjoy them. Let them know through your body language, through your laughing, through your smiling, that they're that you enjoy them. You know, if they have a little sense of humor, enjoy their humor. And even if it's dumb, <laughs> at you know, by a by an adult standard, for them, it's the funniest thing in the world. So 
enjoy it and kind of just be a kid, be a kid with them sometimes, not all the time. I'm just saying for communication purposes, sometimes be a kid. Okay. Now, when you want to have a communication, you want to find out how their day was. You want to hear all about how the activity went. Rule number one, don't ask a yes or no question. Don't say, um, did you have a good time? They'll say, yeah, sort of, maybe they'll shrug. You know, don't even say, how was it? How, how was the, you know, how was the party? They'll say, fine. Okay. Shrug. So that's not a yes or no question, but it's still too short of an answer. We want to ask an open-ended question. Who is at the party? Who did you talk to? Did they have any food? What did you eat? You know, something where they actually share something beyond a yes or no or fine sort of answer. Ask specific questions that that show you're really interested. And I think you probably are interested. I always was anyway, to know who was there and who they spent time with and did they what games did they play? What uh, did they have a movie? What movie did they watch? So all those things are you ask questions that are open-ended that really get them talking. After you ask some of those questions, you ask the questions about their feelings. How did you feel? Did you feel in the room? Did you ever feel lonely? And did you get over it? Or so how did you feel about that? It's a really good question if they're ready to share. And some kids are more ready to share their feelings than others. But ultimately, we would like them to share their feelings. We want to know how they feel. We want to know when they hurt. We want to know when they are happy. We want to know what makes them uh, feel sad or happy. So be sure to ask a few questions and experiment. And they might not really want to share that. But eventually, if you keep growing and growing and growing your connection, you will grow them into that level of connection where they can share emotions. It's not easy. It's not easy for us as adults to always share our emotions, but that's part of the growing experience and that's part of connection. Here's another one that's pretty important. And that is that you're a really, really, really good listener. In fact, I believe you should listen more than you talk and let them talk and be a good listener. What does it mean to be a good listener? Well, it means that you're hearing them. So you're on your phone, they're talking and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or even if you're looking at them, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're thinking about something else. You're making your shopping, your shopping list in your mind or you're thinking about what happened to you with another friend that day or something. So you need to be focused and intent and you need to be listening. You need to be hearing them and you need to show them you're hearing them. How do you show them you're hearing them? Well, a really good way is to repeat back and say, am I understanding you correctly? Is this what happened? And repeat, or is this how you felt? And repeat back to them what they said. And if they say, no, that's not what happened, then you realize you didn't hear it right. And they say, oh, tell me again. Tell me again. I, I misunderstood. And uh, Or if they say, no, I didn't feel that way. Oh, okay. Well, how did you feel? Can you describe how you felt. Sometimes you might ask him to draw little pictures of a face that was either happy or sad or worried. Sometimes they have uh, emotions of worry. So listening and listening is active listening. It's not just hearing words. It's active listening and repeating back to them 
what they, what you heard them say, and maybe you didn't hear them right. Maybe they didn't say it right. You know, you don't necessarily tell them that you tell them, but you say, I didn't understand you. Right. So let me make sure I understand you. And you repeat back to it. So that's really important. And, and listen, well, that is that one of the major important, you know, we think communication is just talking. It is not communication also is listening. In fact, sometimes that is more important. Good listening is more important in communication than talking, especially talking a lot. Another thought about this is choose your words carefully. Be careful not to say things that it will degrade them or hurt their feelings or compare them to somebody else. We don't ever want to compare them to a sibling. We want to, to talk to them as their own individual. They are an individual. So be careful of your words. Choose encouraging words. But... You need to be really, really honest with them. Oftentimes, we might choose words and say, "Oh, I'm going to build them up," and we and they just we just choose flattery, and they interpret things as just flattery, and then they don't trust you. So flattery is not what we want to do, but we want to find areas that they do really quite well and affirm them, and and not just give praise, but say, "Wow." I noticed that when you did this, this result happened, and that result would obviously be a good result. So just help them process as they are going through through their day or something that you want to communicate about their day, that you, you notice it, and you don't just say, oh, you're so such and such where they think, okay, here I am getting praise again, and I don't, they probably don't even necessarily believe it. But but if you can say, I noticed when you did this, or uh, did you notice when you said this, the response that you got from your sibling, uh, your sister, and then they will begin to see, wow, yes, I have qualities about me that are quite positive. And so find those qualities and just notice the results or notice them without just heaping praise. Um, heaping praise is not good for them. And it's empty. It feels empty. What doesn't feel empty is notice the result of their actions and their thoughts and the things there and their attitudes and their attitudes. So being honest is really important. And it teaches them honesty. When we are honest in our assessment of things, it teaches them how to express in an honest manner. So I, I can't stress that enough is is to be honest with them. And that might include being honest with your feelings about things. You know, you can share your feelings and if they're honest feelings, that's that's probably good for them because it shows them they have permission to share feelings. And so that honesty is is quite important. Okay, we're going to stop there and next week we're going to continue with these tools of good communication for connection. And also next week, I'm going to share with you some of my 25 conversation starters. So when you can't think of ways to begin a conversation, these are tips and questions and topics that will help you generate conversations with your kids. So do come back next week. 
And also, I want to remind you of our Zoom meetings that you can be a part of. And we are going to discuss more of these conversation starters and go into more detail, if you would like to, about conversation. I look forward to connecting with you, just like you will be connecting with your kids. Be sure to come back next week. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. And remember, most of all, to rest in the Lord this week. 